gents, it's Daredevil time. It's Hell's Kitchen time. And as promised, well, was it promised? Yeah, it was promised. Old guy English came in and said, I want to do a show with Scotland's favorite son, James <laughs> Thompson. And what can I do but abide by this? So I give you Guy. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> I wasn't James. sure if you needed a, a quip there, yeah. but uh, I'm here. I was ready. Yeah. Well, well did you get a thanks for thanks for being the the Wilson Fisk of the podcast world and making all the, <laughs> this happen, getting us in the same room. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's my title. That's I love it. Yeah. I'll mastermind that. And <laughs> this is probably Wilson's finest hour of creating mayhem. And with that, let's get started. Uh, coming out of the bookend episode, which was really, really fun, we find Karen's upset. She's kind of in the bottle a bit, hungover, starting things out. Guys, what's going on? Yeah, I mean, she's like, she's clearly had a rough night. She's yeah. popping some pills and stuff. And then there's kind of like we flashback or flash forward or I'm not sure what it is, but you know she's she's talking to Foggy about the dude she killed in season one, and uh, Wesley. He's like, yeah. yeah, and and he's Foggy's goes into immediate lawyer mode and he's like you know did you touch the body etc yeah, et did, <laughs> did, did the gun go off foggy i shot him seven times it's like, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no <laughs> and he's he's already you can see the the gears spinning yeah. in his head how he's gonna how he's gonna spin these yeah. seven shots yeah i do know, like that about mass. him he's like leaping to action like his version of action uh seems a pretty indefensible kind of position i mean she did just murder that guy in cold blood so Oops, but uh, I, th I think this is the first person she's told. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Frank. Frank. She, she told, told Frank. Frank. Right. Yeah. In Punisher, though, right? Or was it in this one? I can't um, remember. It, if it was, it was season two. Yeah, I think yeah. it was. I think it was probably in Punisher. But yeah. all the shows do kind of meld together in my head now. Yeah. Um, yeah. This is where you know the continuities kind of have this this strange overlap because you have gotten to know Karen in different ways mm -hmm. prior to this season. And even yeah. going into like Defenders, I mean you kind of learn a little bit different angles on Karen and Foggy. Yeah. Well I mean it's different yeah. writers, right? So I think that affects it a bit. Sorry James, what were you gonna say? No, no, I was just gonna say, you know, this this Karen that we are with is clearly uh not gonna take any more shit from Matt. Right. Um, this Karen and, is much yeah, more we, interesting to me than previous Karens. Yes. I mean, when like season one, dead of Karen compared to this, I mean, she's, she's gone through some stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, she's, she's in, in the ultimate universe, Karen, but it, it's like, you know, she hears a noise in the apartment and Matt has let himself into her apartment and he's like, Hey Karen. And you know, she just says, you need to pay me back for your rent and walks yeah, away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, okay. Yeah, that was uh, as cold as I've seen her be to him and as, you know, clinical. There was really, I mean, she's obviously pissed. 
But I mean, to be fair, I can't imagine how much the rent on his place was. It's quite a lot. It's got to be right. She was working she, for the paper. She's not a millionaire. She, she works for a newspaper. How much do writers get? Yeah, but those much. writers have like offices and stuff. So who knows? Like that paper, I don't know how that works. That is in fact yeah. that is as fantastic as like superheroes. Um, <laughs> one thing I love about that scene where uh, Matt and Karen were, were talking in her kitchen, um, it's remarkably well done, and it's a pretty long, just talky scene. It's well acted, uh, well shot, and right behind her or beside her is um, a microwave oven. Yeah, so I wrote this down too. Okay, and the, the time remains correct. <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah. Like somebody, either they shot it all at once, which I don't believe, or somebody in the continuity department did an it's amazing job getting that time correct. Yeah. So also, she makes coffee in the microwave. Yes. Do you people not have kettles? No, no, no. Okay, <laughs> so that's. <laughs> Here's the thing. Okay, so here's here's what's up with that. Is that uh, uh, you make yourself a pot of coffee and it gets cold and crappy and then you pour it into your mug and you zap it in the microwave to warm it up. And that is like – that is a sign of her having had a really crummy and long morning of trying to sober up from what I can tell. Uh-huh. It's like the desperation of just like I just need a, another cup of coffee. That's how I'm reading so- it. Not like nobody – Makes coffee in the microwave. I don't even know if that's possible. Like, yeah, it's I, always I, to warm it up. Yeah, it's, yeah. I, okay. I just wanted to check because I wasn't sure if this was because I know kettles are not a huge thing over there. You no. know, it's the whole hundred and ten volt, two twenty volt thing. Um, but yeah, I, yeah. I I've just, always been surprised by me. that because I have always had a kettle. But I've you know I've got British parents. I'm British myself. But yeah, yeah. the kettle thing is weird. But no, I don't. I honestly don't know if it's possible to make coffee in a microwave. Some some but, lucky listener is going to try to try it and get the fire department visiting their house. So yeah, you know. well, welcome, <laughs> welcome to uh, Cultural Coffee Corner on the Daredevil <laughs> Show. Um, I, anyway, that, but, I will, yeah. my two cents on this is going to Ireland for the first time, going across borders for the first time. I was like, guys, why are you just not making a pot of coffee every time I'd be in the office and be like, okay, I'd like a cup of coffee. I had to wait for one cup, and all I would ever get is, quote, an Americano, which <laughs> is not drip coffee. No one does drip coffee in, in the EU. Do you know what's funny is <laughs> the Americano is basically their version of coffee, but then just watered down. Right. Because they don't know how to make, like, like the way Americans make it is just too alien to them. Yeah. So it's like, but the result is basically just watered down crappy coffee. So we can just do that for you. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but like I mean, like the weird cultural cynicism is is hilarious. Like the whole, yeah, it's just too funny. But we drink tea anyway. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. A, a kettle for tea makes a lot of sense. A kettle for coffee, sure. less so. Yeah. yeah, I think when I make tea, I make it in the microwave. <laughs> no microwave, yeah, tea bags. I don't even know how you can do that. Anyway, long story short. Microwave corner is over, but anyway, it was a long, it was a good, well shot scene, and uh, it had an attention to detail that I appreciated because it wasn't just the that the attention to detail in this season has been paid to the fight scenes, which it obviously has. It has also been paid in you know long, basically like a moments. Yeah, like well, I mean that's just a long A B conversation, right? Like two camera angles, two characters just talking about their stuff. There's very little else happening, but. They put a lot of work and effort into it, and I appreciated it. 
Well, and, and I, I appreciate it, too, because it also gives us the uh, denouement of, you know, they have been estranged. They've been away from each other, mm-hmm. and there should be a conversation. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, but he's he just comes in there. He's got a plan. He tells them about Jasper Evans, how Fisk staged everything. And he's got this plan to get uh, Jasper to confess to the bulletin, so he needs a friendly reporter to make this happen. So he goes to Karen, and she has no interest whatsoever. And she walks out again, and she says she's serious about the rent. Yeah. Matt is a dick. Basically. He really is. Yeah. Yeah. He, he kind of yeah. comes in just not even. And I'm a, he, it's like, I know I'm sorry, but I can't even say it. But people still want you to say it. Yeah. But you're not going to get it from him right now. No. He's yeah. just too wrapped up in it. I mean, he's, he's just wrapped up in his own head, which is, you know, our other characters tell him that all of the time. Uh, and ultimately, that's his, uh, that's his sort of purgatory that he's suck himself in is that he's just always beating himself up it's that that catholic guilt that he's got because of the dad thing like there's a there's a bunch of that but it's it manifests himself and just kind of being a dick to the people closest to him and it you know and she's had enough because finally i think she's grown enough as a character to be like you know what i don't need this stuff um i know i'm not supposed to honestly but i'm starting to feel sympathetic toward dex I have hmm. I have a degree of sympathy for him, yeah, for sure. Uh, and in the upcoming uh, portion, he's waking up in a completely different way. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm sympathetic to him in that he he gets manipulated and abused and used for his talent and the fact that he's uh, mentally distraught. I guess I don't really know how to describe the condition. The the fact that he is the way that he is. Uh, makes him more of a tool and more able to be manipulated and it just feeds on him and feeds on him. And like, you know, he got manipulated basically by his government when he, what was he, a sniper? Yeah. Like he was yeah. some, he was like some crazy badass, like military special ops sniper guy, right? Which is not to say that I think all special ops sniper guys are manipulated, brainwashed dudes. It, but it this guy special, clearly fits. Special breed. Exactly. This guy clearly, his, his special, uh, attention to detail and focus fit in with that mold. And in that structure that he had, he up served well and it served him well. Uh, so when he leaves that, he ends up in the FBI and similarly has a pretty structured situation until uh, Fisk comes along and Fisk yeah. reads him and <laughs> knows like he systemically or systematically um, dismantles the structure around him just a little leaving enough yeah. of that house of courage in place to give him like a new place to land and feel safe, which is with him. Uh, but takes away the support of, you know, the organization of the FBI, like the, the structure of the idea that uh, IA would actually do a fair investigation of uh, the incident where he's saved Fisk. Yeah. Well, and then not only that, you know, Fisk gives him open arms and then the FBI says, well, you're under investigation. We're throwing you down. What? Yeah. So how this is a question I asked last time. How much have you watched the series now, Mose? Uh, this is where I'm at. Okay. okay. That's that's what I, I just wanted to check. Okay. Uh, so I'll be careful in what I say. Great. Same. But yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it, clearly Dex is having bad dreams. You know, he's hearing things. He's hearing the Julie telling him things. 
and he's kind of trying to hold on to the therapy sessions that he's got with his um you know he's got his little uh walkman listening That's the to lifeline yeah yeah he needs a north star um yeah and it, it it's clear he's sort of just trying to hold on but fisk uh, is drawing him into his web more and more and i thought this was interesting when he goes to visit Fisk. Prior to that, Fisk is basically donning his armor, doing what we saw in season one that was so pivotal of him going through all... Because basically now his empty prison hotel room is now his house. Yeah, He yeah, has he got, all his accoutrements. Yeah, nicely laid out, paintings on the wall, and the the large row of Possibly identical suits, who knows? And, and Dex has never seen him look like that before. So there's a power differential that right. happens straight away. Yeah, and Dex yeah. seems to defer to power in some kind of... There's a bit of a need, seems to... At least I read some kind of need for a power structure from him. Like, he's he's not... Uh, like, Matt basically bucks power. He's always throwing off the church or his... Uh, uh, the father, what's his name? What's his name? And the nun, the nun. I'm blanking on the names. It's been a while since I've seen the entire thing. I, I rewatched this episode, yeah. but I've forgotten those character names. But Matt is sort of constantly fucking uh, power structure, and Dex keeps sort of looking uh, for a, a structure in which he can feel safe. And well, I, I mean, and that's what his his therapist kept telling him that right. that he needs this kind of support around him. Yeah, and uh, Fisk's. Basically, his superpower is being able to figure out what people want. Have you ever watched the TV show uh, Lucifer? Yeah, yeah. And you know how he... So, most long story short, it's based off a Vertigo comic. He's literally mm-hmm. Lucifer. He's on Earth, and he solves crimes, murder crimes. It's basically oh. a police, police it's, procedural, except the sidekick, instead of a writer or whatever, yeah. is the devil. It, which is pretty funny, because I also like Castle for different reasons. But, but both of these are basically character study shows with a murder of the week. Anyway, uh, Lucifer's like, one special thing is he asks often suspects, what is, what is it that you desire? And they are effectively compelled to tell him, because magic. Um, Wilson Fisk seems to have a very similar kind of take, right? Like he can, you can claim that his sort of, if not really power, but but his ability is to be able to figure out what it is that people want and what makes them tick, and he manipulates them and uses them uh, through uh, gating their access to that desire. Ah, uh, okay. So I think I don't know. I mean, yeah. that's, that's... well, it makes it makes perfect sense to me. I mean, if you if you you know who's the biggest devil in Hell's Kitchen? Well, it's probably Fisk. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. He, he's the Fisk's thing is he's like ten steps ahead uh, of everybody <laughs> else. Well, and, and yeah. Dex lined up that he was going to give him his mind, and Fisk sits there, doesn't say a word. Right. And lets him just unravel in front of him. Yeah. I mean, having conveniently turned all the cameras off just beforehand. So. Yeah. Well, as a writer, just in, in writing-wise, no, Fisk isn't going to say anything. He doesn't have to. Right. That's where the power lies, right? Yeah. Just let it breathe. Yeah. 
Um, but we had a scene in the middle of this uh, where Karen talks to Foggy. Mm-hmm. In the car, right? Yeah, in yeah. the car. And like Foggy's got a plan and it's like um, if Matt will surrender to the FBI, you know, they do this, they help him. And that will take the heat off them as well. And, you know, they don't, the, the FBI probably doesn't know about his other identity. So, you know, get get this done. And Karen is still not ready to forgive in any sense. Um, but Foggy is all like, well, you know, Matt's an asshole, but let's let us be the good people here. Mm-hmm. If we turn our backs on him, you know, that's going to be on us. And uh foggy is clearly a better human being uh than matt or at least a more forgiving one agree yeah um, he he he, ha- he has actual empathy for other people even though matt matt's doing it for a reason uh conversationally uh foggy's way more approachable matt has an abstract empathy though it's like a yeah. It's Matt's sense of justice is abstracted from the actual people in some ways. And that's not, that's, that's not entirely true, it. but it's like the, like justice is its own ends in, in a way for Matt. Uh, he does uh, often people come into their uh, law firm and he helps them and he wants to do the right thing. But foggy embodies that in his interaction with other people. And Matt is almost like, damn other people. I'm going to serve this greater ideal in some ways. Ah, uh, I like the way you're thinking about that. Cause I was just saying like, you know, Spider-Man swinging around. It's not the same thing. Peter no. Parker seems to like people. Oh yeah. That's basically yeah. his entire thing is that he actually likes yeah. people. Yeah. And yeah. a lot of that's driven by the, the guilt that like when he took some time for himself to go make some money off of his powers, he just, uh, he lost the, his father figure basically. Yep. So yeah, he's, Giving off of he's basically just always giving off of himself, but genuinely he Peter likes people. That's why he's cracking jokes all the time, even to the bad guys. You yep. know, even in uh, Homecoming when he's desperately trying to save uh, Batman, Michael Keaton. <laughs> uh, I like the fact that you just said he's Batman. He is uh, Batman. Michael Keaton's Batman. He's just the best. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, but yeah. So I Matt, I think is a more clinical, uh, which you know ties into his. He's he's a lawyer, right? And he's got the, uh, well, he's got the strict upbringing of the of the church with a very strict doctrine, uh, and he's got the strict doctrine of of law. And he sees these things as um, being able to be interpreted within a certain boundary of understanding and reading the text. But there is like a clear, clearly outlined set of rules that he wants to, or sense of justice and and what is right that he wants to follow. Whereas I think well, Foggy's just like, uh, like Foggy's what brother was dirty in some way because they somebody got leverage yeah, on cause... him over a loan, and he's more like, oh man, you shouldn't have done that. Like he doesn't think he's a bad guy. He's just like, ah, oh, like this is a sticky situation, you know. But you know, Matt is all about the the law and all this, and you know, to to uphold the law, he'll break the law. Basically, is his right. his whole thing. Yeah. Uh, but but Foggy is. You know, he's got the, the gift of the gab and he kind of just lays it out to Karen and she's like, says something like, oh, I can tell you're a lawyer. You know, right. Because he, yeah. he, he makes a good case. Yeah. Just to expand uh, this a little bit, because uh, I don't know, I'm, we were talking about him earlier. Frank Castle is the law of the jungle, 
none of it matters except you know it's direct like like Mike Mike makes right and there's a direct purpose kind of thing yeah anyway so there's a spectrum of like all of these various heroes and their approaches to things like they're not all just cookie cutter yes officer i'm sorry i was speeding kind of thing (laughs) there's a Mm -hmm. a, uh, yeah well it it also comes down to the where they lie on the killing the the bad guy thing right yeah i mean there's what's the overused D &D thing chaotic good to lawful yeah 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 yeah. Yeah. all right so wait a minute all right so let hold on now we got we got to create the spectrum is matt chaotic neutral yeah, I, I would think, say he's 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 in the middle. You've got um, I think you've got be, Frank at the other. I'll go ahead, no, no, go ahead, James, go. No, no, I was just to say, like Frank is the extreme. Frank is right. the well. What is Frank? I think he's Frank's not chaotic, necessarily chaotic evil, but I think he he's chaotic neutral. Pushed. I yeah. think he's chaotic yeah. neutral because if he thinks that the good guys are doing something wrong, I have no doubt he would go and. Murder you all too, yeah. Which kind of happened in season one, right? Like it was the uh, U.S. government. I forget the details. The oh, army, sure. the army did something that was wrong, and whatever the structure, yeah, they were, covered yeah, it up. They, they were, yeah. And he exactly. went after them, even if, like, you know what? Taking out those guys or taking on the army or or bringing that to light may undermine the mission of the the army, which I believe that he thinks, at least, is is a noble one. I still think he believes in the, the U.S. army. This is getting weirdly global politics level, but uh, <laughs> I don't, I don't intend it to be that way. But, uh, but I think that he is chaotic neutral in that way. And that he took down what he theoretically thinks is a good force because they did something bad and he just went after them. It's like justice for justice sake. Yes. Meanwhile, right. Matt, Matt has to make a decision. And I, I often think about the, you know, the scales of justice and so he has to weigh it, weigh it out in his head and make a decision, not just burn everything. Yeah, yeah. I do think there's a tinge of lawfulness to Matt, though, because I, sure. I think he wants to do things. And then he ties himself in mental knots trying to figure out what lawful mentally, like what in his framework I mean, can let him uh, can allow him to do something like he wants to kill Wilson Fisk. Mm-hmm. And he's like, uh. He can't quite get there. If he could convince himself that there's some framework of logic that would allow him to do this, maybe he could. But he can't yeah. quite get there, you know? But he, he won't kill people, but he'll sort of very seriously break a lot of bones. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the Batman thing. It's like, okay, maybe you didn't kill somebody when you hit them in the chest with your bat of grapple. But, uh, but with your bat, with your Batmobile, more yeah, like. with your yeah. But uh, guess what? Now Which he's has a, he's machine a, guns on it. Yeah, now he's well. Forget the machine gun one. But even like the basic stuff is like okay. Now he's a quadriplegic who's drinking out of a straw for the rest of his life. Like, is that yeah. like I don't? It is like that. The fineness of that line is not not where you want to be playing. I think as a good guy. Yeah, but Spider-Man is more like happy quips. And oh, Spider-Man webs you up, and you kind of like you're basically trapped in a bouncy castle for like an hour and a half <laughs> until those webs dilute, and then you know, then you're fine. And then the cops come. Yeah, yeah. And the cops come, and you've got a little note: "You neighborhood fr- Spider-Man." There you go. Um, I do have a question. This is where sometimes I think I, somehow I've missed something. The Jasper Evans is he somebody? In Marvel, I, I didn't do a Google and look it up, but I was I was curious about it. Then I was also curious: 
How did he get out? He was a lifer. Fisk got him out. Fisk basically, you know, pulled whatever levers he had and told that was the deal. It was like, okay, so you, you stab me, I'll get you out. Yeah. Yeah. I, okay. And he got out. He and I think out. he, got, so, I don't even know, did he get out legally or did he, was he caught no, up no, dead he, and like he physically he got out, but he was dead. No, on the he book. was just, he was missing in the prison. Like he was oh. supposed to be there. They went and checked and they were like, oh wait, he's like somebody did in. inventory in the back and a case of beer was missing. And they're like, oh look, it's a prisoner who murdered people and oh, lost him. Yeah. 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 Hmm. So yeah, I mean, we had like, uh, after this. Uh, yeah, so we had Dex talking to Fisk, and Fisk tells him the story about how his mother had all these keepsakes from his childhood, like all the, all the presumably the art which was up on mm -hmm. the refrigerator and all that, plus the hammer that he murdered yeah. his father with in the same little cardboard box. I'm not convinced and that Fisk ever tells a lie. Well, I mean, I. He does, I, I, but but in this, I, like I think there's power in just the truth of this, right? Yeah, and he's like, he's saying, you know, his mother understood him, and you know, society won't understand Dex, but uh, Fisk will. And yeah. meanwhile, Dex is just sitting there listening to the bees that are in his head. Yeah, I mean, um, there's a certain amount of the uh, uh, pickup artist community vibe there. Like he's basically nagging Dex, right? Like. Yeah, yeah. Nobody's going to love you. Nobody's going to understand you the way that I do kind of thing. Like, ooh. yeah, yeah. Um, so what? You killed them. I do know you. I know you because you're me in a way because I did the same thing. Yeah. And I totally forgot about him when he when he brought that up. It was like a realization to me. It's like, oh, yeah. Season one. He completely killed his father. Yeah. 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 And then, of course, like the, 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 the other shoe drops uh, when he comes back out there. Saying, "Oh, by the way, you know you're being thrown under the bus." And right. He finds this out through a newspaper um, that the FBI are investigating him, and he's basically uh, off the force. Yeah, uh, and I, I don't know about you. I got the sense that Fisk knew that that news was going to break today. Oh, he, yeah, absolutely. It's like um, that's why it's so perfectly timed. You know, like ugh. yeah, uh, Fisk. Um, I think it's like as we see kind of later in the episode. I think Fisk has got. Uh, eyes or cameras everywhere, and he knows what's going on. Oh yeah, he's very. Hey, so Mose, last time we spoke, I think so, episode four, you were asking why he was in that penthouse. Yes. Uh, Be because was that revealed? he owns that building. He owns <laughs> yeah. the building. Okay. He owns the building, and maybe he set things up beforehand. Okay, I can't, I can't remember where certain reveals lie in this spectrum of this. So okay, yeah. Anyway, yeah, he's there for a reason, and this I, I think, like the, his ability was... to turn off the cameras is you know part of the reason. Yeah, I, okay, that makes sense because well, and I remember Karen was investigating it in some capacity, and she had said, "Well, wait a minute, Fisk owns this building right through like, through a bunch of shell companies, right?" Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. I wish I yeah. had shell companies. Yeah, me too. I mean, the, <laughs> the building might as well have a giant fisk written on the outside. Uh, oh, yeah. Now you just yeah, now you're just pushing it to 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 into reality. Oh now. wait, you'll get there. <laughs> oh, see, this is what I was. Yeah. I, this is what I was scared of, but yeah. I'll accept. Yeah, I don't want to veer into the politics again, but there is a very there's a shot that is just like oh god. 
right on the nose. Yeah. Um, it's well yeah, done, so though. We, like, don't get me wrong. It's not like a. It's yeah, yeah. not. It's. Oh yeah. 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 The show well, has respect for its audience, and it's it's not a, it's not ham fisted. It's just like, oh, I know what you guys are doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, we got Karen goes to see Sister Maggie, um, and you know, Sister Maggie's kind of like, ah, we've all been there, you know, trying to trying to save save Matt from himself. Um, and she basically gets guilted, I think, a little bit by Sister Maggie into helping him. You know, she gets all yeah. the childhood stories and everyone's abandoned him. And, yeah. You know, she says, when somebody in need tries to push you away, you have to find the strength to hold on tighter, which yeah. is not always true. But No. You know. But, uh, but Sister Maggie is a fascinating character in that I think she's telling um, – uh, Oh god, I just blanked on the name. I remembered Maggie this time and not Carol. Carol, Karen. God, thank you. I kept thinking Carol. Anyway, um I think Maggie's t- telling Karen what she wished she'd been told uh during the formation of her character. Yeah. Like I watching Sister Maggie, you get the sense <clears throat> that there is a sense there uh there's a feeling of understanding there. And that she's made some decisions that led her to this church that uh, she kind of wishes she could change or, well, yeah. or, or could integrate that into her character now as she's yeah. growing up. Maggie you know, kind of abandoned Matt as well. I mean, as his mother. Oh, okay. So we don't have to. <laughs> we don't have to do that because I know that just from, you know, okay. just from being a comic fan, I've known that for a while. Okay. Okay. I, okay. I, I was tiptoeing around that. I was well, also dancing. I'm trying to say exactly that. Cause I'm like, yeah, so Maggie abandoned Matt yeah, yeah, and yeah. she's yeah. trying to tell Karen that like, you know, and she's basically talking to herself at that point. Like yeah. you are another woman that loves Matt. He's very difficult. Uh, she, Basically ran to the church, yep. uh, in you know, and she's kind of wishing that uh, Karen will be able to stick around for Matt because she knows she no longer can, or she f- thinks she no longer can, right? Because the, the relationship has been—I mean, Matt doesn't even know that she's a, his mom, so awkward. Ah, uh, hmm. so you're telling me there's going to be that slight reveal at the near in somewhere? I'm not telling you anything. I'm saying right now, from what you've just told me, that's no, basically and, the, that's the way okay. I read I that scene. Yeah. I'm, I'm hoping the way in which the comic dealt with it, it was that Matt basically heard her heart and knew that she was lying when she said, "No, you know, of course I'm not your mother." And he smiled, it, it, and then that was it. It's 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 like that, but it's not. That's that. fine. I am okay with that. I am it, so okay with that. It's basically, you know, if you're going to have a conversation, don't do it when there's somebody with super hearing like 10 Uh feet away. Gotcha. Um, Yeah, so Dex is still in his beehive at the FBI and he's like handing in his badge and gun and talking to Nadim and stuff like that. And he's just got all these voices in his head telling him how unworthy he is. Um, and I, I don't know why other people aren't picking up on this, but he's clearly not in a good place. Uh, yeah, he's completely disheveled and, and broken out. I mean, even the, he, he arrives two hours early for his shifts and he looks awful. 
Yeah. It, it's an easy it's an easy fix for you know anybody inside an office to say, hey, you need to take some days off. In fact, uh, you're suspended for a bit. Yeah, yeah. I, I it's hard to say because the the investigation may act as a bit of cover. Like, oh yeah, he's been having it rough. Like, he's showing up early. He's all disheveled, babe, but he's probably taking the internal investigation really hard, and they don't want to talk to him about it. I don't know it. I agree with you. If somebody showed up at my work like that, I would be like, uh, it's time to let's have a little talk and <laughs> maybe take yeah, some you, time off, you know? You would hope that the FBI has, you know, yeah. people who do this I mean, they're all, they're all, well, I mean, all of the field agents are at some, to some degree are basically trained in behavioral studies, right? Like, yeah. They, oh, yeah. yeah. Like they do I've a watched, bunch of interviews. You, they should be able to figure out that something's up. I have watched Quantico. I know how the FBI yeah. works. <laughs> that's exactly oh, how it works. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's, yeah. that's the template. That's all. Well, I'll do you one better. Yeah. I watched X Files, so the, <laughs> I've got the inside scoop. Um, yeah, and so Karen is doing her uh, detective stuff, and she's looking for Jasper Evans by herself in a shady part of town, as she is wont to do. Um, she buys some drugs. But it's actually just a cover looking for Jasper. And uh, she gets attacked and Matt appears instantly out of like the nearest shadow and uh, takes everyone out. Uh, and he agrees quite quickly to turn himself in. Um, and yeah, uh, Jasper's like, well, you know, I can't talk because Fisk is going to kill his son. And Karen just goes, you know all uh frank on her on him and is like well you know if you don't talk to me i'll just print the story anyway and make it sound like you did and yeah she's she's in a bit of a dark place yeah a little bit well i mean and and he's almost getting mothered in a in a completely different way it's like this is the harsh reality get it together be who we need you to be and let's go let's move forward yeah, and we've got this weird scene, like, well, not weird, but, you know, Matt gets dressed back at, back at the church, you know, puts on some nice clothes, gets some clean socks. He makes a joke to Sister Maggie, and he's like, this is like, he's just kind of switched. And he's now, yep, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go along with this. And it's like, he seems to go from quite, you know, dark Matt to, yeah, okay, um, really quickly. I mean, I think possibly it's because he turned up at Karen's place and she wasn't taking it, and he yeah. had a, <laughs> had a, a moment of realization that maybe he shouldn't treat people like this. I get it the same way. I think he has been cowed a bit. Like he, he. First of all, he's a lot driven by shame or guilt, and man, did Karen shame him? Like not even calling him out, just. Ooh, like she really let him know that he had screwed up badly. So I think yeah. he gets a bit of a puppy dog aspect to like, okay, I'll, yeah, I'll do this. No problem. <laughs> yeah. Which is a redeeming team... quality, right? Because you can't have her be a, like an angry psychopath all the time. Like it's good that he takes a lot to get him there, but he's actually legitimately sorry at times. Yeah. And I think for the, you know, no spoilers, the rest of the season, he's slightly lighter than he was at the beginning of the season. So. That's good because there's only so much of that I can take. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he did stop this season being dead. So 
You know, yeah. Every time that's happened to me, it's taken me a couple of weeks to get back on my game. Yeah, those those Lazarus pits take it out of you. Yeah, they really do. Well, and like all the seasons, he always goes back and forth, and now they're just making that switch over a little bit faster and easier. It's like, okay, I, I I know, I got to flip over now. You know, it doesn't take you know four or five episodes for him to come to a realization. Now he can, he kind of does it on a dime. Yeah, yeah, this this season moved. I so I was surprised that by the end of the first episode on the on my rewatch, uh, that he was up on his feet and being Daredevil again. Not great at it, but uh, you know he was engaging in combat. Oh yeah, yeah. Like for I sure. felt I felt that he was out of commission for like a long time. Yeah. Uh, and but even this, so we're at what episode six of what is it? Twelve, thirteen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're about halfway through. Uh, He's sort of starting to reintegrate into his old life, but he's lost his position of that he had previously, right? Like he's no longer the the leader who's keeping secrets from people and running the show. Now he's much more uh, on an equal footing with both Karen and Foggy, who are both had more than enough of his bullshit. It actually reminds me of of Arrow in a sense. Yeah, I was trying not to say that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're both dick characters. They both have uh, supporting roles that uh, um, one is sort of the conscience, which I think is Foggy slash Diggle, and one is the uh, um, investigative uh, and um, emotional support character, I guess. Although that's split between the two of them. Yeah. I'm trying to figure but out, but like they, between Carrie, like, uh, between Karen and Felicity, I'm not sure what the. Unfortunately, they're both women, but I don't think that were, that's the defining characteristic of this character type. I think it is. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think the, the intellectual more side of, of it, maybe you know, like Foggy's yeah. more the emotional support than Karen is at this. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. So I think Foggy and Diggle are, the, are similar in that they're like old good friends who can have a drink and call out each other's crap. Uh, at, whereas uh, Karen and Felicity, probably slightly different characters, but both of them have uh, want the the character to be a little bit more um, intellectually guided or focused on what matters rather than like getting into their own heads. Yeah, they did well. They didn't team up from you know a few episodes in. It took them three years to get to work as a yes. unit. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it's a it's a better. I wouldn't say better written. It, it it has the format is different and the 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 world is different. So yeah, the the characters behave in a more sort of believable way in that respect. And how hmm. about Matt giving Foggy a wallet? Yeah, but with no money in it. Which no. is, <laughs> that, that's just cheap. Um, but, he is a dick. Know. Matt remains a dick. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think, you know, in some ways, giving him the wallet, minus all the cards, money. All, I mean, how much time will Foggy have had to spend, like, canceling all those credit cards that were in it? You can't get it back. You he know. can't get that time back. And every time he's stuck on the phone on hold, he's cursing he, Matt. <laughs> it's, like, and it's like, I bet he had, like, photos in that wallet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stuff. It's got, like, his... So it's like, oh, here's a wallet I bought for $10 off some guy on the street. Yeah. You know. Yeah, it was plastic wrapped. It said fashion wallet. I was like, oh, good gosh, Matt. Yeah. yeah. You know. I like, he, I like he, it. It's, it's, it's one of those things. It's like such a, it's a gesture that he, oh, at least he thought about me. But he did it in the crappiest possible way. <laughs> it's like, uh, 
Okay, like it becomes one more thing to forgive him for rather than like, oh, this is an honest token of your apology. It's like, okay, I guess I'm going to have to forgive you for this piece of crap too. <laughs> and I'm going to have to use this wallet. Yeah, now I'm like, stuck with it. <laughs> for the rest of this year until they cancel our show. Oh. oh, stop. You had to bring it up. You had to bring it up. Yeah. I'm just bitter. I know. Uh, it's okay. It, season four happened. was just all ninjas. It was just nothing but ninjas. <laughs> Every even oh. number season is just a ninja season. Yeah. Okay, then, then then they can cancel it. That's fine. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll skip the two years of ninjas, and then when it's back on Disney, we'll we'll, we'll be okay. Okay. Um, I, yeah. No, I'm bitter because it happened. I think last time we recorded, we were talking about it, and then yeah. like the next day they canceled yeah. the show. Yeah, it was like right before uh, like we recorded. You, so you did yeah. episode three. I did episode four. Yeah. Yeah. Whew. Now, had they actually? I I'd heard that they had, but they, they've already said Punisher's done. I mean, we know we know all these things are done. I, 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 I don't think they've said with Punisher and Jessica Jones. I don't think they've come out and said it's canceled. Yeah, they've I just they canceled have to all start, the others, and then they do it. Yeah, well, I think they'll let the seasons end. I mean, Jessica Jones, like Punisher's just dropped. Yeah, I haven't watched. I haven't watched any of it yet. And I Jessica anticipate Jones, they will wait for Jessica Jones to come out, and then uh, they have graphs on this. Like once viewership drops down below whatever threshold they that puts them back in the noise, uh, they'll be like, "Hey, you know what? We're not doing those anymore." I, I think that it doesn't matter. I think they've already decided at this point. That oh, all those shows are done. Oh, I know. I, I, I am. I am one hundred percent confident that that is the case. I just think they will gauge the announcement. Because oh, I, don't right. th- I, don't, I don't think they want to nuke their investment in these things that are already done by saying, you know what, there won't be any more. Because then people are like, you. well, what's so, the point? Why would I watch it? So, so, the, so they'll wait. They're, they're looking at the real-time graph and when it's like, yes. you know, oh, now we're yeah. down to... Yeah, yeah. that email is probably... There's I... probably an Apple script that drives that That's email. Exactly <laughs> <what> <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah. The, the show canceller. Um, yeah. yeah. It just yeah. goes, bloop. Right off the Twitter. That's it. Yeah. It just <laughs> once the database hits a certain number, boom, Twitter tweets it and that's it. The show's dead. This is like some kind of joker setup, you know. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a death trap. It's a really intricate death trap strapped together between like FileMaker databases, Apple script, and a Twitter client that's four years old, but that still has an activated yeah. key. Yeah. Wow, that was a that was a remarkably so remarkably deep tech joke. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think when it's fitting. The automator anymore. Yeah, that's true. But given that the last show we did together was Debug, I think yeah, that yeah. was three years know, back. Man, has it been that long? Yeah, yeah, I looked it up. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. We do. Yeah, we really should talk more often. Maybe we'll do a yeah. Titans thing. We'll talk to talk to get a gang and. I I, I would actually do a Titans thing because I like we. Hey, you we, just said this now. Basically, you you know that you guys now just basically are making promises. But the, well, I okay, love talking so, to James. It's just so okay. this this today is funny because uh, you're in California, I'm uh, out here in Ottawa, and James is in Scotland. And if you've looked at the time zone, first of all, it's a testament to modern technology that this can actually happen. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, not cool is trying to schedule that. <laughs> that's a, yeah, that's a yeah, pain in the yeah. ass. So. Um, but yeah, we're but we're both watching Titans. Did we say this on air or did we say this pre air? I think we said pre. It was yeah. Pre-air, so. Yeah. Yeah, Titans is an interesting show. I'm not convinced it's good, but I was enjoying that. I got to the yeah. episode. I'm six pretty or convinced seven. it's bad. So that's the spectrum of discussion you can <laughs> you can expect. <laughs> Maybe we'll do a one shot and we'll stick it in some feed, and that'll be it. You know? Yeah, yeah. I'll do that. Um, yeah. So where were we? 
uh, new wallet, blah, blah, blah. Uh, oh, yeah. Let's get no. to the good stuff. But, okay, yeah. We, yeah, we, we I love it. So like, we're, we're 49 minutes we're in, and turns out there's a reason that we both want to be on this episode. Yeah, and it's not to talk about how to make coffee in a microwave or tea. No. And it's not to talk about the protocol of giving wallets to people and wh- whether you should put some money in it. No, 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 dear should. listener. It's all of this climax. has been – this has all been foreplay. Yes. Yes. For this. Because yeah. the reason that I was bitter that I missed episode four was a good fight scene. Um, and Guy got that. But now uh, maybe we're going to get another fight scene. So holy smokes. <laughs> we have Dex Devil coming in and going, going roughshod, throwing the, 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 the super baton. And Matt's right there yet again to catch it because it's foggy's about to get lit up yeah i like that there was a sort of there was a beat where foggy's standing there watching him because he because you know dex dex devil i called him in the notes which you stole my life um, <laughs> i was just thinking that was really clever so you guys can fight over that i'll just you know <laughs> i'll throw a baton in the middle of the room and you guys can go for it <laughs> but it was like that beat of him standing there going ah damn and then Baton gets launched and, you know, Matt appears and grabs it at the, the very last second. Um, and, yeah, we have this really good uh, fight scene. Yeah, the, the, so my – the thing I like about a fight scene is the least number of cuts possible. Yep. You know, so if you can do it in one shot, that's fine. But I know that right. takes a yep. lot of work. Yeah. But I was looking at this and it's kind of like – you. If you look at any sort of old Jackie Chan stuff or whatever, it's like the camera will stay on them for, you know, like good sort of 30 seconds yeah, or it's more. Yeah, because all of those performers can do that stuff. Yeah. Uh, with a, Often with modern fight scenes, uh, probably starting – so I uh, – whatever. We'll get back to that after. But the fast cuts allow for many, many takes and you can put your actors in there and all they've got to be doing is seeing like – Moving their fist up or like swinging their upper body. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and, and you can have somebody that's not a trained uh, fighter you know, or stunt performer. person, fighter, yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And you can move the camera in real tight and you get the tension of it, but you don't get to see. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But in this, we get, you know, a lot of good long uh, scenes. I get the uh, bullseye I've always wanted. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, he's. He's like, I, I referenced Jackie Chan and Jackie Chan's thing is prop fighting. And, you know, uh, Daredevil, uh, sorry, not Daredevil, fake Daredevil, bad Daredevil. Um, you know, he's he's a prop fighter extraordinaire. Anything is a lethal weapon, you know. It's so uh, good. So good. I just yeah. like. The other point is uh, they're both uh, faces recovered, so it makes it a little bit easier to get some stunt actors in there. Yeah, um, yeah. There's a lot of. I mean, that. Like, the setup for this is brilliant. Uh, the scenery, like, sorry, the, the fact that they're fighting in a uh, in one of the offices everybody hates working in. With like, <laughs> like those half-height uh, dividers between desks. Like, it actually makes for a co- completely incredible uh, close quarters combat environment. But, yet yeah, yet, can, yet with enough distance on it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's so great. Well, I mean, that's the thing. Every cubicle is an armory for Bullseye. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, and I like the, you know, it's like uh, Bullseye, he's good at distance. 
Daredevil's good close quarters. Yep. Yes. So we have the fight coming like in and out every now and again. Yeah. And I just love the the sort of the, there's like the scene where you know Matt's sort of hiding behind one of these dividers and you know what was that a baseball or something? He yes. tosses a baseball desk. after a while, and he's yeah, super just, casual about it. He picks it up, he tosses it in his hand because he's he knows that Matt is not going to expect what's coming. And yeah, he, oh, it's so great. I love that uh, when they first engage each other, it is very close quarters combat, um, and they're going toe to toe. I think Dex. Well, first of all, Matt is better than Dex, I believe, in the close quarters. Uh, Yeah. But Dex has the armor on. So so it's like he could take a lot more hits than I think would normally would just take him out. But he manages to – you know, like there's kicks to the legs that I think would like mess up his ankle. Like there's a bunch of stuff that goes on. Anyway, um, eventually Dex basically books. Like he he manages to put a little bit of distance between them. And that's where – the real fight breaks out, which is sometimes just hilarious. Like the yeah, things I mean, that he it, finds to throw at him are hilarious. Like it's it's the most evil version of a food fight you could ever get. Like if they were in a cafeteria, he would find a way to murder him with a cob of corn. Like I'm telling you, it's, it's bad <laughs> oh, news. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Well, yeah. and it's almost like Dex is purely like he's he's been set off his chain. And the entire episode has led to this. But I, I was not willing to accept, especially when he was in the staircase and just robotroning uh, agents. Yeah. However, I thought to myself, he's bullseye now. It doesn't matter. He like I was almost expecting him to start letting out audible giggles. And yeah. So wait, the the, the agents were after, right? Like he managed to. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah because because yeah. uh, Matt gets uh, scissors in his shoulder. Yeah. Um, gets knocked out, gets a sh- uh, shelf dropped on him as well. Yeah. And then uh, Dex goes in, stabs Ben, uh, shoots right. Jasper. And I mean, like one of the things about this that's kind of, you know, because I think this is a great scene. Uh, you know, it's a great fight kind of thing. But it is somebody going in and basically shooting up and murdering a newsroom. Yes. Which, I... Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. macabre. Well, it's not just macabre, it's like in the news these days, which is... Yeah, it was in the news, and it was... I don't know what the timing was. You know, I I can't remember, you know, with the various um, real-world events. That's the thing. The fact that you can't remember did it, because it happens so often. Yeah, Yeah. that's the thing. So I I, I watched Kingsman, I think, a week after. There's a scene in that where... There's a massive the shootout in a, in a church. Like a yeah. week after there was a like a mass murder in a church. And it's like that takes me out of the movie a little bit. Uh yeah, yeah. Yep. Got, you to, know. got to agree. But you know, leaving aside the the, the horrendous state of the actual yes. world. Yes. Uh, <laughs> which is what we try to do when we watch these shows. Yeah, that's which is why we're watching TV. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Um But it's still it, it's a it's a it's a great fight and uh, yeah, and and Dex in his full Daredevil gear um, that says, you know, hello, Karen. Nice to see you again. Uh, giving perhaps yeah. a clue for the And future. he's so charming. He's so... Oh, yeah. yeah. I don't even well, think he's... he's tr- I don't think he's trying to pretend that he's anybody but Dex. Yeah. I think yeah. he's... I think he's... The, the costume has become an excuse for him to go and do this stuff, and which he loves, and he's got uh, the blessing of his new Kingpin father. 
And mm-hmm. I, yeah, think, well, I think he doesn't did, want to kill Karen. What's the point of killing Karen? He's just like, think, hey, how's it going? Did we skip over the entire thing where he was about to kill himself? We did. Well, we, we did. did. Yeah. Because that was the thing. He's about to put a bullet in his brain and the phone rings and it's Fisk. And Fisk says, I have a present for you. And yeah. indeed, it was this costume and yeah. a little task. Yeah. Um, but I don't, yeah. I don't know how you read that. I read that as not a coincidence because it was right at the door, wasn't it? Well, no, it was the driver. His yeah, like, the driver came up. No, the driver came okay. to pick him up. And yeah, like, I just the fact that while he was contemplating suicide, Fisk just happens to send him this thing. Oh no, Fisk has got a camera in his apartment. I, that's what I figure. Is like this is all like let's wait till he's at his lowest, and then I get a feeling he was like, "Oh, that's really low. Maybe let's do it now." <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, it's a good thing he, you know, Fisk didn't just go to the bathroom or something. Yeah, you know, right <laughs> to that second. But yeah, that was that was getting dark because honestly, that guy had. I mean, he, he had reason to want to take his own life because he's he was conflicted up until the point that he got a costume that is literally the devil given to him by what is effectively the Satan of the show, like the the manipulator who uh, foresees a greater kingdom on earth under his own rule. Uh, it's there's a lot of Catholic imagery in this, obviously, but. Uh, he was given permission to go and do this horrible, horrible thing, which is what he wants to do. And he's so and, happy. And he was struggling. I know. He was struggling with that until he was given this freedom. And he's so happy about it. I, yeah. You know, it's funny that you say the word happy because that's what was actually in my head. And I felt good for him. It's like, this is what you're meant to be. Yeah. You're, you're free. And yeah. yeah. as disturbing as that is <clears throat> of what freedom for him means, it, I mean, it's like, Ah, you can be the 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 bullseye that is absolutely has no qualms about killing and will do it in the most spectacular way and hurt all those people around him and it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. I mean you get the sense that his his introduction during the uh when he saved Fisk there uh was a moment of release for him. Sure. Right? Sure. You know, and he he kills those two guys who surrender just because he's basically in a murder spree. And then when they start turning against him, he's like, ah, I just, I'm really good at what I do. And I couldn't even do that without them kind of constrain me. And that the delivery of the daredevil suit, literally a devil is like, just go for it. Embrace this and go for it. Uh, You've got this amazing ability to, to, to bounce things around. And I mean, it's, it's, it's like, these are all your tools. Go use them. And it's, but like, I was even thinking about like that, the, the shot when he throws the baseball and ricochets into Matt. Yeah. I don't know how many of you have been hit with a baseball. Yeah. That hurts like speed. a son of a gun. <laughs> oh, you are, you are seeing some, some stars for sure. I don't yeah, care and, if you're blind or not. And as we were saying, like Matt has no armor. He has like his, his little, um, you know, hat that he's pulled over his face, yeah, which, yeah. which he must keep in his back pocket because he was going there as Matt. And yeah, so he he had to improvise again his like quick costume change. Um, yeah, I've got a hat like that as well. It, it works. But... <laughs> when you get hit in the head with a baseball. Yeah. Yeah. You, you can look at the uh, cover art to see James's uh, other alter ego. Oh, dear. Uh, you did it. You're oh, you, get uh, it now. Uh, yeah. He's a, he's a <laughs> handsome Scottish daredevil. 
Um, He's wearing a kilt, but, actually, in that photo, which is makes the Scottish Daredevil uh, that extra, that much more beyond. It's very freeing, I have to tell you. Uh, yeah, I no, bet. I'm, I'm, I'm curious, like, the comic nerd in me, which I, I tend not to like to bring out because I don't like to be like, well, actually. Right. Um, in fact, I despise that. Um, but that being said, I feel like Matt, they haven't utilized the um, the flames and the, the, the radar sense at all this season. I, I wonder if that's because it's cheaper yeah. not to do it. I, it might be. It might actually be. I, I just feel like Matt or Daredevil is always a good counterpart to Bullseye because he can see things coming in a different way than normal people can. So I almost thought, ooh, it would have been neat if he could have ducked that because he saw the ricochet happening kind of beforehand. So but, he does He does a bunch of that. Like uh, at one point, uh, Bullseye hits a grating in the ceiling light and he gets out of the way of that. Uh, as, yeah, he's, yeah. as he's maneuvering, you often see him just do a, a jump, which seems weird. And then crap just comes flying into a wall where he would have been if he just run, done a straight run. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. He does do a bunch of stuff, but they don't flash the thing. And I... I think maybe you need that more in season one or two where uh, you're trying to establish the capabilities of the character. And I wonder if that would have just taken this out in this sort of quickly cut close combat scene. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the, the other thing is, is like Matt might not be up to 100 percent yet. You know, yeah, I we guess the sense like, he isn't. Yeah. Six episodes ago, he was dead. So, yeah. um yeah, and he had an inner ear uh, issue that completely took him off his game. Yeah. Um, and, you know, he, he puts up a good fight, but he does not uh, win <laughs> this fight. No. And, well, you can't win halfway through. Well, I guess you can win halfway through the season, but. Uh, yeah. But this character, this enemy, this adversary is uh, too good to be wasted in a takedown and halfway through, you know? No, yeah. Absolutely. But I, I I like the scene. So Matt just sort of <clears throat> sneaks out and I reference Scissor's Metal. still in. Yeah. I, I reference Metal Gear Solid because it, it like with the guards going around with the torches yeah, 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 and yeah. him sort yeah. of sneaking around like box shaped. Yeah, he just needs a cardboard know, box. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, I, I would have laughed if there'd been a cardboard box in a scene. But um, yeah, and then like, I can't remember, like the cops or somebody come in and say, who, do, who did this? And, you know, the, the ominous answer, of course, was it was Daredevil because uh, Fisk well, has manipulated guess, all this yeah. to make Daredevil the bad guy. Well, it was. I mean, that is a, that's the best explanation you could have, right? Which I think in the comic aspect of it, again, it's been a little while since I've read the whole Born Again action, but there was a whole pariah factor where, where Fisk basically gave up Matt Murdock and he had to go into hiding and he, and this was just uh, icing on, on the cake to, to really crush him. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it worked. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that daredevil is, I mean, that's pretty good turn feathering at that point. Yeah. Yeah, but at this point, we've basically, we've got Fisk at full power. We have uh, Bullseye at full power. Uh, and it's a good place, like, so, good place to be halfway through. 
Yes. Okay. So predictive levels. Okay. Uh, obviously, <laughs> okay. Obviously, I, think, I think we've got a leg up on that one, but okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, okay. Here, here's my prediction for the bout. Okay. So Matt's going to learn more about how to counter the bullseye. And my fear is that he's going to go back into hiding, which doesn't necessarily move us forward. And I don't know exactly how they how they pull this off because you can you can only take Matt out so many times during a season and and put him into his bad place. But I mean, at this point now he's now he's he's fully on the lamb in both of his identities. Yes, we're we're just letting you talk. All yeah, right. that's cool. That's a good theory. I just the only I mean they're all good theories. Is, like I don't want I don't want I don't want there to be a sag because now we got to take Matt back out and oh, put him back in the church for a bit. Trust me there's no sag. No, no, no. It's That's that's all I want to hear. The, the, this is yeah. one of the first of the Netflix Marvel series where it just ratchets up. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it gets it's it's honestly it's good. It's this is a good season of TV. It's a shame that they canceled it, but it's I'm glad that they left us with this rather than Daredevil season two, which would have closed. Yeah, yeah. No, the, yeah. this is this is like it, it it's it consistently improves. Yeah, I think as the season goes on. Yeah, everybody can go home proud and happy after this for sure. Yeah, and maybe buy it on Blu-ray whenever it's enveloped in conglomerates and you can't get it anymore. Maybe I don't even know that's going to happen. I mean, yeah. Netflix owns these shows. That's the thing. They do. They do put them out. I'm pretty sure they've put them out on Blu-ray. Do they? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. They, Netflix are the. I know season one. I was real tempted to get the Blu-ray of season one. Oh, okay. So, you know, ignore me. I just I had no idea they did that. Oh, they don't sell them in, to Canada. Yeah. Well, who would? <laughs> <laughs> Canada, like so. So it's the U.S. and that global superpower of Scotland. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. I don't know why I'm making fun of Scotland. It's a lovely place. <laughs> You're just looking for something. I just I just want to get in a fight in the newsroom. That's all. Yeah, I, I'm going to be in your area in about I know, two I know, I know. So, I'm really looking forward to seeing you. Yeah. No, so that's, that's when you fun. should do your show live, talking about Titans. Maybe. <sighs> no, I think you should. As It as, may be a scheduling thing. Like, there may be too much other fun mm, stuff going on. I, and I may be sick of that show by that point. But it's not a bad <laughs> idea. do it. Yeah. You've already promised. And now you've basically enlisted me to make this work as my Fisk <laughs> character. And Whoa, I may okay, have to gonna... shame you in order to do it. I may have to tear you both down. Uh, and rebuild us in, in, in your image. That's right. In, <laughs> in, in, I'll use uh, my social media presence to uh, tear it all down and make it happen. Yeah, I am hearing these bees in my head. Uh, yeah. Does that mean anything? <laughs> it's a hell of a sting. Ouch. Guilt. Uh, so, Moses, how are you enjoying the season? You're doing sort of a slow burn. Um, it's so ridiculous that, for me especially... You know, first two years, I have burned through these as fast as possible. Right. And here we are months out of, you know, Happy Murdoch Day. And I'm yeah. still able to have this, you know, call it um, a commitment to not do it. 
Yeah. It, it, it's definitely weird. I have, but every episode has been at a hundred percent. I haven't felt, I was like, this is great. I, and I don't want it to just expire on me. And okay. Forget. That's, that's great. I mean, I don't want to speak for James, but like I watched them in a very quick succession. Uh, not quite binge the whole thing, but pretty close. And yeah, I think I did it in two nights. Yeah, I think I maybe two, maybe three, kind of thing. Like, I th- and I think, I think it. I took a third night because I actually had to go back and be like, you know what? I was basically passed out for like half of this. <laughs> like, I've got to do that one over. Um, but it felt to me at the time that these were good and they could be watched in uh, independently over, like, if they'd come out once a week. I think it still would have worked well. Uh, so it's good to know that you can watch them uh, slowly at the pace of what, like about once a month at this point, once every two weeks. Yeah, I mean that's what it feels like, and it's it's probably even close, probably very close to that. Um, yeah. It's just I, I think I know in in the back of my head there aren't any more. So yeah, I oh, make yeah. it make it last. Don't yeah. don't watch the final episode and then Daredevil will yeah. live forever, kind of thing. Yeah. Not saying he dies in the final episode. That was bad wording. Yeah, that's how I that's how I eat my favorite food. It's like the the most favorite thing on the plate gets chopped up into smaller smaller pieces, just yeah. so I can get that little taste. Yeah, uh, yeah. Anyway, so yeah. that's so that's really good because I I was um, I loved this season. I really really did. And but because I watched it in such quick succession, I wasn't sure if. Um, some flaws can get plastered over when you're moving at breakneck speed. You know, yes. like a couple of bumps yes. in the road, you just fly over them, you keep going. Uh, if you watch them and savor them mm. all slowly, t- to hear that it is as good an experience is, is great. And I think criticism is go- a good thing. Sure. And I like being able to look at something singularly and saying, you know, this worked, but this didn't. And not for- and if, I, if we did three episodes in a click, you, you lose that little bit of nuance of what worked. And right. it all only becomes like, oh, well, it's high point, high point, high point. Oh, this was weird. Oh, forget about that. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like, what are we on now? We're an hour in, an hour and 10 in talking about a 48-minute show. Well, you know, about half an hour of that was about coffee. So yeah. Well, that's true. Don't make coffee in microwaves unless you're no. Karen Page and you're really, really hungover. Well, you have to heat it up. What are you going to do? You got to well. reheat. That's why the Europeans are civilized, man. They make a fresh pot of kettle. Fresh pot of kettle? Wow. I don't know what that fresh. is, but that's that's getting in somehow. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Well, I think we've toasted this whole thing very well. I'm so happy that we could do this together and get get a, get the triangle of power going. Yeah. Me too. Thanks know. a lot. I, I know you guys had to uh, – we wanted to do it last week, and it was difficult to schedule during the week. I'm really glad we found a time. Uh, James has been – it's always fun talking yeah. to you. Like always. Great. And, uh, yeah, you know, I listen to you do your other shows, and it's just nice to hear your voice in person. And Well, uh, and then you guys are going to be doing more when you do, uh, start up Titan. So. That's <laughs> – Because, uh, like, yeah. I'm Guy's replacement. This is the thing. This is what I – yeah. Yeah, what we um, don't talk about is uh, – so I used to be on uh, – when – so – Oh god! I don't even want to explain this idiocy. Uh, there's there's a show called <laughs> Rebound, uh, the, the Dan, finest tech podcast. The finest tech po- podcast there is with uh, Dan Moran and uh, uh, John Moles. John and in theory and occasionally, Lex uh, but Lex basically never shows up. So I used to be the go-to guy. Of like, look, Lex hasn't showed up. Could you come and talk to us? And um, this is like yeah. Tuesday Tuesday morning or yeah, like, Tuesday something like that. Yeah. 
And I, so, I, yeah, I was treated like I was, uh, you know, independently employed at the time. Uh, so that was fine. Uh, but my schedule and commitments have changed, so I don't do that anymore. But my replacement is James, who is funnier. And I, like, I still <laughs> listen to the show, and it is so refreshing every time you're on. I'm like, I'm jealous all the time. So my joke is that James stole my old job. But, yeah. you know. And that's and, and why my- you have to do Titans now. Yeah, yeah, a little team up, a little rebound team up. Sounds good. Yeah. Oh, so it's already done. Done deal. Got it. All right, cool. Yeah. I just got to go so, take all the, uh, never mind. I was, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> well, gents, it has been an absolute pleasure and honor. Uh, I always, I always, you know, it, it's weird when it, when we haven't done it in so long and then to bring people back together that haven't been together in three years that's yeah it's great it, does, yeah. it doesn't make sense well so, you know it's go ahead i was just gonna say you know as i said this is your your fisk-like power exactly we feel manipulated in a good way <laughs> in a good way <laughs> yes i hate you all but i love you all simultaneous it's my duality yeah, that's perfect and thank you for, as thank much you as i want to hug you i will put a hammer in your heads ah, okay well we'll we'll keep that hammer in a box Okay. Yeah. That's where mommy keeps it. Yeah. Gonna sleep in a heart hat. I don't know about you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just sleep in the Daredevil costume all the time. That makes sense. Yeah. Good that choice. I believe. <laughs> all right, folks. We will see you on episode seven. And I believe there's a lucky seven involved. Somebody who hasn't seen any of the season at all. Its name is Tony Sindelar. So oh, that out there. You got yeah. Batman. Just so, tell him it's the, Batman in red. You'll be fine. Yes. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it, the the thing is, he hasn't watched any of the season whatsoever, so he's going to come into this episode completely cold. Oh, that'll be fun. Tony's always a blast. Yeah. Well, he's Golden Tony. Yeah. <laughs> All right, ladies and gents, we'll see you next time. <laughs>